Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we've got a special guest, and we're going to be talking about one of our special topics. The way I'm saying this is making it sound a lot creepier than it is. It's actually fun, so please don't turn this off. And instead, join us today on You're Not Gonna Like This. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to You're Not Gonna Like This, the podcast that talks about lots of different topics, but always includes some friendships that kind of bind those topics together. I do a new one of these every single time. I feel like we should <laughs> we should come together on what we want to say when we start. I mean, this. it's mainly about one. It's mainly one friendship because we were usually just to the two of us. Yeah, that's true. Usually. But I guess sometimes there's stories of friendship in our topics. Yeah. Well, we so I'm Seth, I should say. I'm Andrew. Okay. And <laughs> we still are not comfortable saying our names in this podcast. No, not totally. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that like to, you know, they're looking for us. Just yeah, that, yeah, wanna... let's say that. Yeah, I was gonna say we, you know, we talk about lots of different topics, but the the crux of the show is that we the crotch of the show, some would call it, the sort of foundational center is the that we um each of us take turns bringing a topic we find interesting to see if our friend so-called also finds it interesting yeah i think it's like a good summary yeah i do think it's fun that every time i feel like every time you take the lead on the intro you explain the podcast and it's like that's great for me personally i'd like to believe that people have read the description yeah but you know that's yeah, great that know. you reintroduced it, and I'm not going to criticize you, and I never would. Oh, good. I mean, some people may, would maybe consider all of the proceeding of what you just said as criticism, but uh, no, I, I would not. Um, well, it is great to be here. It's great to be back um, after a week of not being here, which is our yeah. normal interval. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's the what's crazy is that I feel like there's a lot to like a lot to talk about for our show this time, which is weird because there's usually okay. no updates. Do you know? I mean, I don't know. Well, because we have a YouTube channel now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. I thought, man, <laughs> I thought you were going to announce that we got oh, yeah. like taken down by the FCC or something. Um, we have a YouTube channel. Yes, we do have a YouTube now. channel. Right now, all that's there is our preview that kind of just gives you a preview of what the show's about which is, of course, a show about two friends that both bring yes, a different topic. Again. <laughs> um, but what's really crazy is, I don't know if you've noticed this, but today we actually got our first subscriber. Wow. Yeah, we have one subscriber on YouTube. So as we, as we say every episode, suck it, PewDiePie. <laughs> we have said that since the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is the subscriber somebody we know personally, or is it... I couldn't, I mean... If if anyone out there knows this person, feel free to to tell I don't know, us. But I, you don't I, necessarily need to say their name. Yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, if you go to our channel, it's just Yonopod. That's what the YouTube channel is called, and we have one subscriber, so you can see our one subscriber. But they're new. They they have some of their own fresh content, so you should check that out. Also, uh, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see one clip of me doing stand up from two and a half years ago. Oh, nice. And uh, it has two good comments, two comments, both positive on it. Oh, cool. Which I think is like an amazing ratio for YouTube. 
Mm, well, um, I not think to make this about myself. Yeah. Uh, well, our you know, we have our one subscriber, and you too can subscribe. I, our hope, I think, is to post lots of clips and lots of fun things. Yeah. So uh, you know, in order to what get the world needs now is content. Yeah, it that's needs true. more. Content. We, our goal is a cinnamon challenge a day until <laughs> the quarantine is over. <laughs> and that's a threat as much as it yeah. is a, uh, a promise. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you that's ever one. try that cinnamon challenge there, Seth? I think, I mean, every time, for me, every time I get the cinna twist from Taco Bell, that's a cinnamon oh, challenge, yeah, yeah. just because I can't handle very much cinnamon. But, yeah. Um, someday well, I'll there's get clearly a limit to what the human body can consume cinnamon-wise. Yeah. That's true. Um, I would agree. I even get that I, when I get a cinnamon toast crunch. Even a great, a great cereal. Some mm. would say the best. I I love it, but by like the third or fourth bowl of it, even I start to mm. get a little yeah overly cinnamoned. Sure, Ex- I think experts would agree that that's that's pushing what <laughs> what God intended for man <laughs> to be able to do with cinnamon toast crunch. Uh, have you ever really had like that, like three consecutive bowls of, of a cereal? No, no, I, just, I don't mean that. I mean like okay. throughout the week. I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just picturing you having three. Um, I did actually one time in the fairly recent <laughs> past, sure. a couple of years ago, I had three bowls of Lucky Charms in a row. And I remember it distinctly because I felt horrible afterwards. <laughs> Does that, do you think that that when you do that, it coincides with anything going on in the world. Like, well, so there had been a, it's a specific, you could actually look this up what day this was because it was during a Dodgers world series game in which it went seven hours. Oh, wow. From 2018. And, uh, the longest world series game of all time. And I had decided, made a fateful decision not to eat dinner previous to the game. I thought I might order some sort of delivery or something during the game. And then it ended up lasting till one in the morning. Oh my god! And I didn't want to miss a pitch. It's a World Series. It's my favorite team in the World Series. Yeah. So at one a.m., I went to the food for less next to my house after the game had ended and had bought Lucky Charms and had three bowls of it. <laughs> wow. And I felt horrible. Wouldn't you guess? What uh, were the Dodgers able to win that one, or was that they, uh... that was actually the one game they won? Oh, but nice. they did lose. They did lose the series to the uh, the Boston Red Sox. But wow. um, just a little baseball. And personal health trivia. Yeah. And warning in a lot of ways. Yeah, warning, yeah. Um, also, going to a food for less at 1 a.m. is an interesting uh, experience. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but... Well, we can, we'll try it again and see if we can... It was Halloween time, too, so there were like, people in costume. I couldn't tell if they were in costume for Halloween or because mm. it was just a food for less at 1 a.m. <laughs> a, a lot of Freddy Kruegers that night who <laughs> needed tomato paste. <laughs> At 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the other, uh, I mean, there's, I feel like there's even more news, but um, another interesting piece of news is that this particular episode is a little bit different than most episodes we do because we've, we've brought in, we've piped in through a pipe, a third friend. Yeah. Uh, that was an elaborate pipe we had to make. <laughs> there was. It's a good thing we played so much Super Mario Brothers yeah. in preparation, but uh, this is one of uh, one of my one of my friends that I made only after moving to LA, but one of my closest and dearest friends, and also a friend of Andrew. And I want to 
classify it exactly your your relationship together. Anyway, this is Sandra. <laughs> Hi guys. This is Sandra Serrano. I'm giving you I'm giving your last name too. I didn't discuss. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. I'm also wanted. <laughs> now you're giving yeah, my true. full name away. Just give my, my yeah um, address already too. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to the show. You're a longtime supporter and friend of of us and of the show yeah. it's, it's great to have you I, I will say she is the photographer of our cover pic of our yeah um, i haven't had any other jobs this <laughs> yeah. yeah well we paid you handsomely for that <laughs> yes what was the amount i don't think i remember uh, i believe it was right a, there and back probably a handful of magic beans for your yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, we give you a percentage of all the profits we would make off this podcast. Yeah. And oh, okay. You uh, actually, so those checks should be coming in the mail sometime. <laughs> Few people know that Sandra actually owns 121% of you're not going to like this industry. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, so rich sometimes. Um, <laughs> our podcast is technically a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. And I think that's what sets us apart from every other podcast. It's true. Um. Well, it's like I said, it's great to to have you here, and you, uh, I believe it's you've great to be here. I love oh, your podcast. Yeah, well, thank it's, you. It's been keeping me sane and very happy during quarantine. Um, but even before that, I was so excited when Seth told me about it and um, trying trying it out, and I fully encouraged that. I was so happy about it once it finally came out, and then just to see you guys uh, make. Like progress? Do you guys notice yeah. that? Mm. Did I your progress? Do you guys are you proud? Well, it's tough because we were so good in the first episode that I don't think we needed <laughs> progress. But I mean, thank you. It's like, how yeah. do you progress on an A plus? You yeah. know. Okay then. Well, um, but you guys are still maintaining that quality. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's pretty hard. Well, that's what so, yeah. We do about. have a quality control person that checks every episode and. Yeah. Uh, do good work. I mean, we've uh, we've gone through a few of those at this point, just because it's it's not it's not light labor to do the yeah, quality it's, control. It's, on it's grueling. Yeah, yeah. They have to uh, listen to an hour and fifteen minutes of our us talking a week. That's true. Um, but I think uh, another one of the reasons I thought it'd be cool to bring you in for this one is that I I feel like I was well, I was like kind of having trouble coming up with a topic, and so I had yeah. like I feel I sort of looped you in um, and just like told you some of the stuff I was thinking of and also like some of the things yeah. I was finding. And so, you know, considering you're already like 30% of our, off, of our <laughs> listeners, <just> you <laughs> seem, you know, like, yeah. oh, this one's already spoiled. So you may as well, you know, come on in and, and uh, be a part of the, you know, this that we do. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And you think we're funny, right? Yeah. I, well, you know, this is just because of our friendship, but yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, okay. I do. I do. Like we're we're good guys, right? Like we're, we're good guys are funny. Different categories, okay? Good guys, yeah. Okay. Funny, also yes. yes Seth is a pathetic man who needs a lot of a lot of validation. Mm. Um, well, Not everyone does. It's, uh, I mean, it feels good to, always feels good to have an extra friend here and talking with us. Um, is, I mean, have you guys had any, uh, had any 
you know, good moments this week that you feel like, you know, that bear just being like kind of talked about to, to pad time before we get into the actual topic? <laughs> um, wow, I started... I started talking. No, 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 Sandra, go ahead. I started talking and then realized I had nothing to say, which yeah. is <laughs> the name of this podcast. But yeah, I had a lovely week. We, I yeah. it was my birthday on the seventeenth, and mm-hmm. I oh, happy birthday couple, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, so I hung out with um, Seth and also um, uh, my boyfriend Eric and my other friend Jen, and so I spread out like hanging out with a couple of people uh, throughout the week. And then I saw my family yesterday and we had like a huge Korean um, barbecue uh, feast. Um, oh, nice. at home uh, With the little side dishes. And at the end of the, the night, I did feel like kind of very swollen from the food because it was just so salty. Mm, um, yeah. That's, but everything else was great. Is so. it hard to tell like like whether or not you are like you can feel swollen but do you have like a way to like measure your swollenness like maybe an outline of yourself at the beginning of the day and then you kind of stand in front of it i think like I, I i can see it around my eyes actually oh really i can see yeah uh my sister has it worse though um where she does if she does eat a lot of salt like her eyes are almost like shut you get wow. wow. swollen like that yeah but yeah, I, I can I can feel it, but I can also kind of see it around my eyes. So that's interesting. I think I mean I yeah. I don't think I've ever swollen up after eating something, uh, unless that something was like bees. If I tried to eat bees, <laughs> but you know, as we've said many times, most episodes don't eat bees out there. Well, and I will yeah. say again, I've said this on previous episodes, but we have to give it up for the bees out there. Yeah, that's true. They do provide us delicious honey. <laughs> Lest we, forget, <laughs> lest we forget the the well, will. I don't want people to forget. Yeah, <laughs> and the that's will. all. That, really, it's just the honey, nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. it's not much else to take from the bees. I guess they pollinate things, yeah, but like do. I don't want their combs or their yeah. larvae. Maybe their little. If we could find a way to make a little sweater out of their little fur, I might wear that. Should we mm. maybe come up with a way to harvest bee fur? I mean, you would have to kill them. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, sure. Well, you can't like grab a bee and then daintily take off its little fur. Well, they the thing's going to sting you to death. Well, they can do what they do without fur. Like if we had naked bees, they'd be okay. That would be terrifying. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to see that. Is it just, uh, is it just like, a, like an ethical thing? You just don't like the idea of seeing naked bees out in the wilds? I mean, I think it's their fur that traps in the pollen, right? Oh. That's how they're it's able. It's possible to, like, Seth and I don't know a damn thing about bees, <laughs> but again, they do provide us delicious honey, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and we will always give them give them credit for that. That's true. Uh, friend and technically co-producer bees, thank you out there. <laughs> what I about feel... you, Andrew? Oh yeah, go. For, what was uh, your... Man, I even you know... though you nothing to say just come up with something right now. <laughs> wow we, no. need, we need you on the show just like as our coach <laughs> we, um i know we really do um <laughs> let's see i wow did i do just a moment that maybe sparked joy you know uh, sparked joy yeah. yeah um maybe something to do with a spark 
I did watch some episodes of uh, Queer Eye with my girlfriend, and uh, oh, you guys cool. ever watched that? Oh, Seth, I know yeah. watches yeah, that. You also. It's a heartwarming show, and I think that's what we need right now. Mm, to have our hearts warmed. Yes. Yeah. I and uh, I do really like that show. It is funny to me how much money they clearly spend on helping the people now. Yeah, definitely. It's like every episode is like, you know, just with a little bit of help, you know, from these like experts and like $20,000, <laughs> we really have transformed this person's life. Your life can be They're giving people new teeth yeah. on the show. I mean, it's, uh, but it's, I mean, sorry, that was a spoiler, that. but uh, I, didn't, I guess I didn't say what episode, but. And I'm not going to be able to watch without looking at everybody's teeth now. <laughs> um, it is funny how like so much of the show is people bringing their dads in to be. Oh, yeah. Like their dad you know? uh, to be transformed by the Fab Five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you... like dads that were astray and then they're bringing them in. Like, oh, just... no, no. <laughs> okay, got it. I... I have to, it is such an incredibly vulnerable thing to allow the, the Fab Five to change your life like that. Yeah, definitely. Seth, would you ever do that? Uh, I would do that. Not that you need any of that. Yeah, I think just to be able to be within the same 10 feet of Tan France is all that I really yeah. need. And I think all my problems would be fixed if I could just sort of <laughs> breathe in a little bit of Tan France. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, and, but so, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I would do it. I was thinking about like you said, dads. I like how if I would nominate my dad, but he's like doing so much better than me, just fashion wise. That <laughs> I do wonder if that show, at a certain point, just to keep it interesting, is going to have to start bringing on people who actively don't want the Fab Five. To oh wow! Them. Like they'll have to search for them and find <laughs> them. <laughs> Karamo will have to hunt them down. Yeah. We've got Jonathan Van Ness <laughs> with the GPS tracking chip. Oh, God. Darted into them. He runs up to them and snips their beard real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's also like 80% of the show is beard trimming, which I appreciate. Yeah. It's hard to find a beard that survives the show because usually yeah. they love it. And they'll be like, well, you know, your beard's really nice, but what do you think about just completely getting rid of it? And they'll be like, yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that conversation going. They, do. Like, they always say like, oh, you know, we just, I really want to bring out your eyes. A lot of times they'll trim oh. it. A lot of times they'll trim it. They won't necessarily get rid of it, but yeah. 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 The basic message of the show is that no man's beard is well groomed. No. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I guess that was the highlight of my week. I, um... Thanks yeah. for sharing, Seth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even. Uh, I mean, I came up with the concept, but I kind of thought that I. Uh, that Seth would be doesn't a- like to discuss his personal life on this podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I had a good week. I went to uh, to see my dad. We're actually f- recording this on actual Father's Day, but we hung out with him on Saturday for our Father's Day thing, and he uh, brought us. He bought us food, which he always has. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brought us to uh, a plant nursery where he had to buy some soil and plants for his backyard. Nice. Um, and I saw one butterfly and sort of a, I don't know, I think there was like a, like a big metal bee that was riding a, like a tricycle. It was supposed to be like a yard decoration, but I find mm. it a little bit upsetting. Uh, <laughs> Was it the fact that the bee was metallic or was it a large bee? 
I think it was more the fact that it had mastered the tricycle. (laughs) (laughs) I've always worried that if, you know, bees get a hold of tricycle technology. I mean, bears already got it, right? (laughs) Well, they're already onto the unicycle. Yeah, they're onto the unicycle, of course. Something that the government will not pay attention to. (laughs) Oh, they have some backup plans. I trust you, the army somewhere has a backup plan if bears (laughs) militarize their unicycle. Are using them already? Yeah, it's true. They, where are bears finding unicycles is what I want to know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you you start to like encroach on their natural habitat and they that's naturally true. go out yeah. and they find unicycles and ride them. Yeah. So that's bear science, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's about time somebody told me about the bears and the bees. Well, bears love honey, <laughs> do they not? That's true. You know, they've always kind of been... Uh, you know, a dynamic duo, bears and honey. Although it's just, it's kind of one of those things. I think things we should like, all love honey. I mean, it's delicious. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I think everyone knows. <laughs> I want to knows... go to your house, Andrew, and just see how much honey you have. <laughs> I do have some Honey Nut Cheerios right now. I'm not eating it right now, but uh, uh, I have some, you know, I love to make uh, honey um, dishes with, I oh. mean, things that have honey on them, not sure. just honey. I mean, you've been, de- you've been described as a bit of a honey dish. <laughs> well, I mean, it's getting a little personal there, so. But. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't blow up your uh, your Instagram yeah. handle, Honey Dish. Um, well, I but, think. Uh, so, think, what's what's this week's topic, Seth? Yes, that is how we do it. Man, Sandra is getting straight to the point. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've, I've listened to this long enough to know that we. <laughs> We need some clear transitions. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's true that around here, we uh, even though we normally kind of dance around it for a while, um, which I'm starting to do now, uh, <laughs> we do. We bring in a topic, as I mentioned. Each of us, I bring in one. Andrew brings in one, and so and so we dance, you know. But uh, this time it's my turn, and I did bring in one, uh, which I thought you guys would be interested in hearing about. Um, I feel like I've noticed sometimes, and maybe Andrew, you've noticed this too. Um, we, uh, like sometimes we'll have like more serious episodes sometimes. Well, not like, you know, episodes, but like topics that are a little bit more like have a little bit more gravitas, you know? Yeah. And other episodes that have like less gravitas, I guess. I kind of wanted to just say gravitas a few times. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. That's Sorry. the f- <laughs> word you learned this week. Um, but it's on your word like, a day calendar. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like this week I wanted to kind of toe that line as well, you know, kind of like bring in something that has like, like I'm talking about a man who he was like a real person. He lived at a difficult time and he had his real struggles. He was a farmer in the twenties and had many like challenges, many successes and failures that were very serious, but also uh, he once had he once dropped a 350 pound pig on himself when he was trying to carry it, and oh he got the hiccups for the rest of his life. Oh! So that's the part that I kind of want to focus on as well. Okay. <laughs> Let's do two hours of it. Let's okay. see how. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this. Man, you give us the ending first, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to, you know to throw it out there, but his name was Charles Osborne. And many people may have heard of him if they read the Guinness Book of World Records in uh, 
like in elementary school, they would always be in the library. It's that big yeah. book. That's like, oh yeah, I, have, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. The um, guy with those super long fingernails. He was yeah. creepy. <laughs> he was. Did um, he ever snipped him? Well, I think, I mean, I think at that point it's like becomes painful to snip them. Like, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Like it, they grow into, I don't know. Which I feel like it's been his excuse for about 20, 30 years. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and they hurt. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like, he's just like my dog, you know, I'm trying to get yeah. nails. Um, well, he's a human being, Seth. I wouldn't yeah. reduce well, him to a... In that one particular way. Not in every other way, he's probably not like my dog. Although he might get ornery when... What if he's a listener? Yeah, and he's true. taking his very long fingernails and he's unsubscribing to our podcast right now. I don't know. As he well, weeps. <laughs> and he can't even wipe away his tears cause, because oh of his super God. long fingernails. <laughs> Well, I, <laughs> I think at this point he needs to be, he, he probably figured out how to wipe um yeah tears. <laughs> the tears he yeah. probably has to yeah, yeah yeah i mean with that life you're definitely gonna that's one of the first sorry seth uh, <laughs> sorry right. but I, I just couldn't let that stand <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing you won't stand for it's anyone talking bad about yeah. the guinness folks yeah um so yeah he charles osborne was born, I think, in the late 1800s, like 1890s. But by 1923, he's a farmer, which, uh, you know, roaring 20s, probably a good time to be a farmer, maybe. People are eating a rutabaga a day to keep up flapper energy. I don't know. I'm just kind yeah. of trying to put some context in there. <laughs> I uh, love this interpretive history that you do. <laughs> when you I sort change- of just kind of figure out what you think happened. <laughs> Uh, he was a farmer in the 20s. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And he was one day, uh, I guess, about to hang a 350-pound hog to weigh it. And it did fall on him. It fell over. And after that, he started hitting So he didn't know it was a 350-pound hog. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had to weigh it. Yeah, well, I think that, <laughs> that's one of the things I wanted to get to. So I feel like that speaks to his tenacity that he did apparently weigh the hog because we have in history <laughs> the weight of that hog. Um, but yeah, once he got up, he just started hiccuping, which I imagine at first he probably didn't think much of, but it just continued where apparently I've read some like different figures, but apparently between 20 and 40 hiccups per minute on average. And this for the rest of his life. Well, at this point he was like a young man, but it continued for 68 years, I believe until he was until 1991 when he died, but <laughs> uh, he lived. I mean, obviously, he was born. I think in his 18- death was was. You talk about the sweet release of death. I mean, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, well, that's the thing is that he was born in the eighteen nineties. He lived to the nineties, ninety one. So he didn't just kind of like sit around hiccuping. Like he lived a pretty good, pretty like full life. Um, in the, the whole way through. He was hiccuping the whole time. I mean, he did. So he like looked for cures to hiccuping. Um, So um, I'm not clear on like the picture. So he mm. lifts up the pig in order to weigh it. Yeah. To have those flat weight scales. So you have to lift it up. And that's why it dropped on him. I guess so. Just just picking it up burst something in his brain. As far as I could tell, he didn't start hiccuping until he lifted up the hog, 350-pound hog, a big one, a 
pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 250 pounds. And Got it. He was attempting to hang it, which I think is like one of those things where you see the pigs hanging in like the meat locker. This is kind of my guess, but yeah. he was trying to hang the body of this pig to see how heavy it was on some sort of device that weighs pigs, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But instead of succeeding in doing that, he fell over, hog and all. Oh. And uh, after that started hiccuping. I mean, that was the point. He, that was the moment he pointed to at once the hiccuping started. Um, yeah. And. Okay. I have a clear image of it now. Yeah. Like, well, I think yeah, we that's definitely going to mess you up. A 350 yeah. pound hog on you, like going to be messed up. It's going to give you some hiccups. Huh? Sure. It's going to give you some hiccups for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he does go on to have a pretty long life, as you could tell, since I said he died in 1991. Okay. Um, but he actually, uh, some years later, divorced his first wife, which, you know, okay. And then marries a different wife later on with the hiccups at this point. So still able to kind of be out there and, you know, test the waters. <laughs> and uh, he had a total of eight children throughout his life and held many different jobs. He worked as a machinery salesman. He was an auctioneer briefly. Wow. Uh, with hiccups. With hiccups. Wow. So, um, and of course, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. And also, I guess, went on a couple of TV shows too. Like he was on The Tonight Show. Um, just as like, I guess, sort of like, uh, I imagine because of the hiccups, I don't, I suppose he probably wasn't like a stand up or something like that. (laughs) When did he become a celebrity? Like, was it, I mean, within the first hiccup, I'm sure, you know, (laughs) (laughs) was this towards, I mean, the tonight show that was uh, towards the end of his life. I'm assuming he was was older at that point. Like some of like a lot of the news article or like, you know, magazine articles and stuff that I read about him where they interviewed him, he was like already in his, you know, like 70s. Um, or it was like in the 1980s at that point. So yeah. he was I guess it wasn't like he started hiccuping and the townsfolk just kind of, like kind of hearkened to that and like swarmed around him. Um, but, now, on his guest appearance on The Tonight Show, I'm assuming with Johnny Carson, did he say, my life is hell, please end it? <laughs> No, I don't think I could actually couldn't find it. I did look for like a clip of him on there. Um, it is, but, I believe, a true thing that the that a large section of the Tonight Show archives were lost in a fire. Oh, oh really? I believe I believe that's true. Wow. Um, that's my side my side podcast okay. where I do Tonight Show <laughs> trivia. But this has been the section where you're like, hey, guys, are you sick of Seth's thing? Come over here and check this out for a second. Um, yeah, so he went on The Tonight Show. And I don't know, like, I mean, a lot of that stuff, like, I've never had eight children or divorced anyone. So that's pretty impressive already. And I only hiccup occasionally. Yeah. Um, like special occasions. Anyway, so he, what, what I've, I was, you know, looking through all this stuff. And one of the blog posts I found about him, um, I couldn't help but kind of get into the the comment section, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, it was actually fairly supportive. I think the Hiccup community is pretty tightly knit. Um, but they kind of like got into a lot about like, oh, what, what could have caused these hiccups? Like, what could he have done differently that he would, you know, gotten a cure? I have hiccups like this. 
Uh, one guy who had a picture, his picture for his avatar was Kim Jong-un smiling. And he just said, I felt like I've had hiccups that long. So I don't know <laughs> what his deal was. <laughs> and it's like, it literally, like the article is called, he had hiccups for 68 years. And he's just like, yep, that's me. <laughs> Been there. Uh, but now I'm, wait, did you find a message board of people that have hiccuped a lot? No. Well, like in the topics, people would start saying like, Hey, you know, I've been hiccuping since like 2013 and it's now like 2015. Oh, wow. Dude, do you know anything more about this? And they'd just be like, well, you could go on a ventilator and they're just like, wait, I don't want to breathe with machines the rest of my life. And it's like, well, they have to remove the nerve in your brain that suppresses hiccups or something. And so it got pretty deep and people started getting angry at each other about what it means to have a good life or right to die and stuff like that, which is just how it works, oh I guess. Wow. <laughs> but uh, what I got, what came to me as surprising <laughs> is that what about that big old hog, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, it, I, like, I like to bring it back to the hog, essentially, in my general life and especially right now. But I just think like something... Like, what is it about a big hog falling on you that causes you to have hiccups? Now, did they, so they never found out why he had hiccups? His, his last doctor that he had, like, in, in the later years of his life that he kind of, like, stuck with said that he, like, burst some sort of a nerve in his brain that is responsible for, like, suppressing hiccups. Ugh, and man. so, like, I mean, he said, let me, I want to read what what his description said, where he was describing the event. But he said, uh, this is actual Charles Osborne quote from a People Magazine interview where he okay. said, uh, I was hanging a 350 pound hog for butchering. Also, kind of a brag because obviously that's a great hog. But um, he recalls, I, pick it, I picked it up and I fell down. I felt nothing, but the doctor said later that I busted a blood vessel the size of a pin in my brain. And first of all, you felt nothing. A 350-pound hog fell on you and felt nothing. Yeah. An, impre an impressive man. An impressive man. I mean, he, he could have easily died, it feels oh, like. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. For me, the hog was kind of the central piece in this puzzle, I guess. Why? <laughs> he he did a job. He fell. That's it. The, <laughs> the, hog, the hog is dead, correct? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The hog isn't can't. out there living a living a hiccup-free life, taunting <laughs> Charles Osborne. Well, I just I think like it's it seems weird like specific like I mean everyone's had things fall on them in their daily life. Obviously, we've all had that. Yeah. Uh, but like this one, this particular thing, he's picking up a hog and it falls on him, gives him the hiccups. So I've put together a little presentation that I like to call. <laughs> True Swine podcast, a brief history of the mischief pigs have been causing in history. And that's the, it's not really different than what I'm going to continue doing. I just wanted to share that title that I came okay. up with. Um, so my segue is that I want to look a little bit at some of the other troubles that hogs have caused throughout time. Because that's pretty much all I have to say about Charles Osborne also. Okay. <laughs> you guys oh, so nothing, nothing came from the, um, the hog. Yeah, I mean, he, the hog won, I think, in, in Charles oh. Osborne's case. But it did it so the hog died. Or... <laughs> the hog was dead, Seth. I don't, how did it win? I mean, I feel like, you are, know. Are you saying that that hog's family, like, haunted Charles Osborne? <laughs> 
I think, I mean, if you have a hog family, first of all, congrats. And secondly, um, you know, I'd be, I'd feel better as like an offspring of that hog to know that at least the person that killed my hog father is cursed with hiccups for the rest of his life, you know? (laughs) Anyway, it's, maybe it's a, (laughs) Sandra's slowly logging off of Zoom. (laughs) This is my first time where I'm truly speechless on this podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, um, if you have more questions about Charles, feel free to throw them out there. That's pretty much all the info I have about him. And I want to talk a little bit about the problems that hogs have been causing in history. And as you may have guessed, I'm going to start things off with Christopher Columbus. Um, So Christopher Columbus came to the, you know, to South America and North America and like the middle parts of that. And he brought a lot of things, including disease, slavery, genocide, uh, and apparently also waves and waves of feral hogs that he released intentionally into the environment. Oh, um, so I guess the idea was that like he would, he brought these hogs along and then when they got there, they'd just be like, off you go. When we come back, there'll be plenty of hogs to eat because they reproduce really quickly and they're delicious hogs. Um, but obviously that creates some problems because and other explorers, quote unquote, who came to, uh, to these parts of the world will also do the same thing. So lots of hogs were getting released around this time. And uh, this obviously creates some problems because hogs are actually pretty good at surviving out in the wild. I don't know if you guys have ever heard any like stuff about hogs. When you're a female hog, and I'll try to, I'll try to get through this quickly, but uh, when you're a female hog, uh, as some of us are, um, (laughs) you, uh, you can conceive your first litter of little hogs within three months of being born. You could be three months old and you could conceive a litter of hogs. Man, babies yeah. having babies. I know. <laughs> Older hogs walk by and just like shake their heads like, oh boy, not in my time. I waited to seven months. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they can, they can have litters twice a year. So you're talking about like, you know, five to six hogs per litter. You know, it's, it's just a crazy amount of hogs exploding all at once. Um, <laughs> well, they're not exploding, so... <laughs> I guess not. (laughs) Um, That would be something. Yeah. Let me add that to my Google Doc. Not literally exploding. All right. Um, And actually, uh, I mean, like they, they're they're, they're called something opportunistic omnivores, which means they'll eat whatever's around, I guess. And uh, crazily, even now with global warming, it seems to be creating more favorable conditions for hogs to continue growing and exploding huh. in population um, because the, the winters are milder and more little baby hogs can live. And also the like longer wet seasons create more bulbs, roots, ro- bulbs, roots, and tubers that they can eat. Hmm. Can you believe that? Tubers, you guys. And speaking of tubers, we've got a YouTube channel now. <laughs> Just wanted so to throw that out. After we all die from global warming, there'll just be a like, a, like yeah, blocks ruling the yeah. world. that's kind of the the situation. Okay. You know these these hogs that early, uh, I guess, imperialists to, you know, these continents brought continue to um, thrive in the new environment, and even today, 
According to hog expert Jack Mayer, there's over 6 million wild pigs living in the U.S. alone. Huh. Believe that? 6 uh, million. Wow. Yeah. Um, and even today, lots of uh, crops, gardens, parks, athletic fields, they get messed up by these wild hogs that kind of hang out in rural communities. And uh, it's what hog expert Jack Mayer, which I like to introduce him like that each time. You think that's John Mayer's dad? <laughs> Like, I don't want to learn about hogs, dad. I'm going to be a musician. Um, this farm is not a wonderland. Yeah. Some, someday I'll find something that is and I'll write a song about it. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's how he writes songs? He comes up with a phrase and he's like, okay, it's not, he's like, it's not that as a wonderland. He just like, yeah. he does process by a process of elimination for years and years. <laughs> On all possible things to see if they're wonderland. <laughs> This office park is in a wonderland. Yeah. Let's see. The nation of Iceland is not a wonderland. Yeah, that's a grueling process. It and is. I respect him for his work ethic. Um, but this is what the, the situation uh, with these hogs is something that hog expert Jack Mayer refers to as. He refers to it as the pig bomb. With everything, this is a quote from him. It's a crazy situation with everything that's happened in what I call the pig bomb, which has exploded in North America. <laughs> he wants to make sure that goes. That is it possible? That's a book that he wrote, and he's trying to like promote it. I think it's more likely it's a band that he's in. That yeah, that's true. Know about. <laughs> hey, Wait. my improv team, Pig Bomb, performs every Wednesday. <laughs> is that how you like <laughs> talk about crazy situations? <laughs> um. But yeah, actually, so actually, they're, I mean, clearly they're an invasive species. They're not indigenous necessarily to the places that they're thriving in, but ranchers uh, who bear a lot of the brunt of this damage will actually offer $1,000 helicopter rides where you just get in the helicopter with guns and just shoot as many wild pigs as you can oh find <laughs> from the helicopter. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> if people are encouraged to like take them down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely... One of the figures I read said that if you wiped out three-fourths of, or sorry, if you wiped out two-thirds of their population, give it a year and they'll be back to their full number wow. again. So it's like you have to apparently like really slaughter pigs out in the wild. And I was thinking to myself, where's, where's that message, Charlotte the spider? You know, where's that warning? Yeah. Maybe there's another web out there that says some pig pandemic coming soon <laughs> and we should watch out um anyway moving on from the one thing that i wrote down to make sure to make sure to say so, during so this. is this like a warning to america is this a call to action or well, is this you just want people to know well i just i mean i, I would thinking, have never guessed six million that's yeah for sure. uh i mean i think well it's sort of just like a context for understanding what kind of mischief pigs cause i can't i can't say for certain that each of these pigs is capable of giving somebody hiccups for the rest of their life but i think just like statistically if you have yeah. six million pigs you know some of them are going to be giving people hiccups and it's yeah. something to be aware of i think um there were two things i about like in terms of preparation for pigs if you live in a place where these pigs are prevalent and one is that According to hog expert Jack Mayer, uh, <laughs> there is no such thing, and this is a quote, 
there is no such thing as a pig-proof fence. So if that if that doesn't I, keep my you daddy up at taught night, me that at a young age. Uh, so apparently they can get through just about any fence. So don't even try. There, the only advice I really saw that was actionable was that if you encounter like a group of wild pigs, what you can do is you can get up on something high and they can't really reach you. Um, so, I mean, I gotta say that is advice that is true of virtually any animal right i don't well i mean pigs are very low to the ground like if you had a bear or something you hop up on your car that bear will still probably get you that's yeah um if it's not too busy riding a unicycle yeah it's true and (laughs) and god help you if it is (laughs) Um, so not even like electrified fences are well i mean if i could go back to what jack what hog expert jack (laughs) makes There's no such thing as a pig-proof fence. Like, they've got so much ability to, like, you know... I mean, I guess maybe it would deter them, but I feel like I'm sure there must be ranchers that have electric fences, and it's still not it's still not stopping them. Um, yeah. So get up on something high, which, I don't know, this is another thing that I thought about. I wanted to make sure to mention that, you know, in the show The Jetsons, how mm-hmm. all of okay, their... I'm bi- listening. All their buildings are, like, way up in the sky right like they're on these long legs and you never really see where the ground is i think it's possible that the jetsons is aware that the future the ground would have to just be yielded to the pigs and that we'd have to build upwards so that's our future i think so yeah (laughs) it's a it's a utopia but only if you are able to escape the pigs um, and that concludes the second and last thing that I wrote down while doing these notes <laughs> that I thought would be a fun thing to bring up. Um, I mean, I am, you know, I think this is a new direction for the podcast yeah. in which you uh, scare people about yeah. populations of animals. Yeah, uh, in a way that they should be. And to kind of put a cap on the information that I found about pigs and the mischief that they cause. Um, I want to segue a final time to uh, back to Europe, where, of course, some of those imperialists came from. But this, uh, this, this setting that I'm looking at now, and this still has to do with pigs. I know this is suddenly becoming very different, but we're talking 1379 is the year, and the country is France. And there were a group of pigs at a monastery. And these were, of course, domesticated pigs. And um, with, in this monastery in France, three of them got loose and unfortunately did gore a man and he succumbed to his injuries and died. And the other pigs apparently were squealing very loudly and making a racket while they were doing this. And what I found interesting about this, and this was, I mean, that's, not very funny. That's a man who died, and that sucks. But what I found interesting is that those pigs were made to stand trial, oh and were God. good, and were in fact sentenced. This to is death. something I've been la- lobbying for for a long time. <laughs> is an interspecies tribunal <laughs> form of justice? Well, they were. They had to actually go to court. These were there lawyers like monkeys or? <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, there's there's some information about the people that represented them, but the pigs had to stand trial and were sentenced to death. What was even more interesting about oh this trial, <laughs> what's more interesting is that the onlooking pigs that were making a racket were also sentenced to oh death. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I was because, just about to ask about that. 
about them. Like, oh, they need to send child too. They were just standing there doing anything uh, to help the poor man. Well, the uh, the thing is What's that the guilt? it says, um, apparently in the in the thing they said that they tr- they found the other pigs guilty too because quote with their cries and aggressive actions the onlower the onlookers showed that they approved of the assault so now i believe that the the it, it would it sounds like they had a different justice system than america but in our justice system you need a jury of your peers yeah was was that done in this situation I mean, it's hard to get a pig jur- jury together. <laughs> well, to get an impartial pig jury yeah. is, is especially <laughs> difficult. When they're trying to weed out the pigs, they're just like, uh, excuse me, I noticed that one of the defendants is like sort of a light-colored pig. I'm sort of a dark-colored pig. Yeah. I, I'm not going yeah. to do this fairly. Um, but yeah, so, you know, this disclaimer, it is pretty effed up to kill animals for stuff like this because they're animals. They don't know what they're doing. And... Some of the stories um, that have to do with things like this, it's hard to tell which ones are embellished. And also those onlooking pigs were pardoned, the onlookers. The three pigs that killed the man did end up... By an ostrich ostrich governor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The three that killed the man were put to death, but they did pardon the other pigs. Um, Horrified. But apparently this is part of a long history in Europe of having animals stand trial for crimes against people. (laughs) Wow. This was not an isolated thing by any means. This is something that happened. I don't know if it's common, but it's, there's like many instances that I was able to find. There were a few highlights of other non-human entities that were tried. Um, For instance, in the 1480s, there was a French bishop that ruled against a, uh, some slugs that were ruining the grounds where they <laughs> were setting up their, I don't know, building. And, it or- and the bishop ordered that there would be three days of processions where the slugs were told that they were to leave the grounds or be cursed. And uh, the slugs, <laughs> after three days, did, did not leave. They did not leave after the three days and they were subject to, you know, being... This is the dumbest topic we've ever talked about. I can't believe this is real. I mean, like I said, some of them may have been embellished as the 1480s, but this is the information that they present. What? Um, But to do a trial, you have to have the prosecution and the defense. Like, what is the defense? Well, let me throw one more at you before I answer that question. (laughs) So in in the year 870 or in the 870s in Italy, uh, some moles were found guilty of destroying crops and were not not, uh, sentenced to death, but were excommunicated. The moles were. The moles were in fact. They were not allowed back in the church. <laughs> Did they know they were part of it in the first place? <laughs> well, that's the hard thing about rendering the verdict is you have to first tell them that they're part of the church and then tell yeah. them that unfortunately they <laughs> that, did, the, did the Pope part. have to give that that de- decree to them? Uh, I don't know. I can't actually. I mean, the, most of these did have to do with churches because I think churches like held the major like judicial body, I guess. And what's what's interesting too, though, is that you brought up the idea of um, the idea of the uh, the like defense attorney and the prosecution, 
And of course there would be humans that would bring the case against these things. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the, for the defense, they would in fact appoint a human lawyer to whoever was being tried in many of these cases. Some of the animals. You think that, any of the animals ever tried to represent themselves, <laughs> and the lawyer had to convince them? They not could to. be one of the ones that I found had dolphins, so they're pretty smart. They could maybe do it. <laughs> Caterpillars I mean, were was another one. Wait, the do- wait, they brought dolphins in for trial. <laughs> that one I couldn't find, but there was, you know, there was the. <laughs> On the Wikipedia page that said that was Wikipedia page animal underscore trial, they said that some cases were brought against many different types of animals, including caterpillars, wolves, worms, eels, and dolphins. So I don't know how you I think the the craziest thing would be if you're the public defender and like you have to just go into like where you're your uh, client is being held and just be like another caterpillar takes a <laughs> takes the wrong path in life you know um any um like success, successful like wins for the defender yes oh good so the thing is <laughs> as you can imagine when you're an animal in a human court it's hard to get a fair trial um i've always said that yeah just ask <laughs> Just ask the uh, orchard of fruit trees that were also excommunicated after a priest. This is another real one. A priest excommunicated the orchard of fruit trees after saying that the smell of the fruit was luring children away from mass. So obviously, if you're a bunch of trees, it's hard to get a fair trial. And most of these guys are getting convicted. Um, Um, With these people, they're just... But as you asked, there are a few instances where the defendant was uh, exonerated or acquitted. Um, For instance, there was one case in 1750 of a donkey, which I think I may have already mentioned to Sandra when we were kind of, when she was helping me put this together. But there was a donkey who was accused of bestiality and uh, it was going to be put to death. Along Why with is the death penalty, always the, always the <laughs> sentence. They couldn't do community service or something. How is the worm don't... going to do community? Service? I don't know, but <laughs> just give a, a worm a little bag and a pointy stick. It's like you're paying to pick up trash until you've paid for what you've done. All right, so there was one donkey that was accused of bestiality, as I said, and uh, both the donkey and the man that was that were hold on a second we're gonna be put it was a donkey and a man yeah is it possible the judge in this situation was the man (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean i think that i love the idea of a donkey and a man having you know physical relations (laughs) i'm gonna edit that and then uh the idea of the of the man being like this donkey committed bestiality <laughs> everybody get it uh yeah well that's i mean it seems to be like this donkey was definitely the, the donkey's character was definitely brought into play because uh a donkey had a dui apparently <laughs> apparently the donkey was acquitted after a person that knew the donkey came forward and signed a certificate noting that he had known her for years and that, quote, she had always shown herself to be virtuous and well-behaved 
both <laughs> both home and abroad. <laughs> I think that's the part that you read. I was like, what yeah. the heck is going on with the story? When I, when I found this, I was like, there might be an episode in this. <laughs> yeah. I thought that's your first reaction to reading about bestiality. <laughs> well, I thought it was crazy that he said she always shown herself to be virtuous and well-behaved both home and abroad. So apparently this, this, this donkey had traveled and, and it's like worldly ways had enticed this. <laughs> oh man. my God, look at Andrew. <laughs> this is the dumbest <laughs> thing. Not just that we talked about the podcast. I think the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, it's enriched our lives. And what's crazy so, too is this, right? this is 1750 on this one. So this is not, I mean, this is a long time ago, but this is like coming up on when we became a country. So it's like not Do you think that. America is the one that put the stop to this? I think that's like partially what revolution might have been about. Yeah. But, well, there's only, there's one other case that I found. And this will pretty much be the last thing. There's one other case I found where the, the accused non-human seemed to at least get away with something okay, which is, this is back in France in a town called St. Julian in the year uh, 1587. And apparently this town, St. Julian, had been battling an infestation with weevils, which I guess are a type of tree-eating beetle, that they eat trees. And uh, they were brought to court, these weevils, as they... <laughs> as was fitting to do. And because uh, this had been like a repeat thing for the town, they were finally like, okay, we need to bring these weevils to court. They got what I assume How was- How many? I got, I don't know. I got what they assume was a bunch of little tiny warrants for their arrest. <laughs> and, uh, but in this case, Antoine Filiol, I'm just going to say it like that, even though I'm sure that's wrong. Antoine was a, uh, appointed as their defense attorney for the weevils. And mm -hmm. he, he made the argument in court, in a court of law, where weevils were pres presumably present. Um, he made the argument that they are God's creatures and wouldn't be put on earth without some kind of food. And it was just unfortunate that that food happened to be the trees that they needed in town. Uh, and the prosecutor said, well, you know, man has dominion over the animals, so blah, blah, blah. Weevils possibly interject. I can't, there's no you know, knowledge of that. Maybe they ask for a recess so they can chew on trees, but they actually- They, they approach up, the bench. <laughs> I need to approach the bench and it's gonna take a while, Your Honor. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they did actually come to a compromise that a plot of trees would be set aside that was nice and like had water and fruit trees that would be officially deemed as weevil territory. And uh, what was crazy about this case is that the defense attorney actually rejects that offer. He says, no, wow. that's not good enough wow. for my weevils. <laughs> wow. And he actually said that the plot of land they picked was barren and unsuitable for weevils to enjoy in this arrangement. And of course the prosecution disagreed and the trial went on for eight more months. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, hopefully the weevils were able to make bail at this point, but I mean, eight months of litigation with this weevil case. And finally, uh, a decision was made, but the weirdest part of all of this is that the decision itself is lost to history because somewhere along the line, the paper 
was destroyed by some sort of pest, a bug or a rat. Oh, wow. (laughs) Kind of comes full circle where animals are... Who tried the pests that destroyed what? the argument? I mean, maybe I should have asked this at the beginning, but what is there a theory as to why they did this in Europe? I think like, well, what were they trying to achieve? One person had a pretty, I think it was, uh, it might have been a Wired magazine article that I was reading about. It had sort of a shot at trying to explain it, which I think was kind of like uh, life is sort of like a random thing and it's sort of hard to. It was kind of like their way of trying to bring some order to like the randomness, like, oh, your kid gets mauled by a pig. This way you kind of at least have like some way to vent like and have some justice, quote unquote. Um, it's, it's always, you need that closure when you, yeah. when a goat <laughs> befouls your, uh, yeah. your wedding day. They say that's the worst part of when, uh, when, you're <laughs> when your crops are destroyed by a pest. Is, yeah. The lack of closure, the, the lack of an apology. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's kind of, yeah, there's some, there's a bit of respect towards all these animals that they, I think now they would have just been, what, exterminated by something. Yeah. Wouldn't even get a trial and I mean, they wouldn't yeah. be let free. That is true. They, have, they, they do have due process in this system. Yeah. That's, that's a good their point. Their reputation's restored and they're up, up, upheld. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, we should bring it when back. you're a weevil, <laughs> your reputation is all you have. Yeah. <laughs> That's that is a good point, though. It's like really today, like this seems so silly, but today the animals kind of get the worst end of it. Like if yeah, you know, a pig does something that angers a human, they can do whatever they want to the pig. Um, and you know, those trees, who knows if they'd ever be left let back into the church life in, in today's world. <laughs> but the trees yeah. were excommunicated. Um well, unfortunately, that's about all I prepared for this. I'm sure. I don't know if I'd say unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> but that honestly, is this is another one where if you if you feel the if you feel like unsatisfied with what you've seen today, there's so much more to learn about these trials. You can just search animal trials, and you'll you know I'd like to think of- that I have brought in some interesting topics yeah. over the over the episodes that we've done, but that is the most insane. <laughs> thing we have discussed and there is no there's nothing even close to that yeah it's out there but you know this is this is what we do i guess Any, and uh, uh, i regret that while earning a history degree i was never taught this by any professor yeah and <laughs> we can we can storm the campuses and like tell the truth <laughs> about weevils that donkey while everybody's trying to get the buildings renamed because yeah. like a racist person it's has true. the name we're we're, we're we're there trying to get the there's the probably a, of- there's probably a church somewhere named after a bishop that had you know like <laughs> a caterpillar hanged or something yeah. they should rename it after the caterpillar instead wow um Gee. in no Boy. way to diminish the importance of renaming those things no no absolutely important. not but I just want to see a you know a wing of a college named after a unfairly killed caterpillar. That's all. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Um, what about that donkey? I think that yeah. donkey deserves some sort of well, building. As far as, as I bench. can, as far as I can tell, the donkey's doing well to this day. I mean, surely has since died, but um, obviously had friends in the community. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, this we're getting is, into this email. 
Yeah, well, we do have a pretty cool email. Do you uh, do you want to read it on this one? Uh, yeah, I gotta open uh, open it yeah. up real quick. Oh, I do that. This is uh, for those of you listening and who maybe don't understand this, even though it would really make sense to anybody, I'm sure. But this is the part where we uh, read an email from a listener that sends us an email to our email. And we account. have a we have a, an email. Uh, that a special one I'd say from not just a fan. Well, I guess this happens usually a fan and a friend of the podcast. Yes. Um, she's a friend of mine, a friend of friend of Seth's comedian Paige Weldon uh, wrote in to our uh, uh, humble podcast. Yeah. And I, I, I'll read it right now. Uh, this, uh, this is uh, this is a good one. She says uh, the subject, by the way, is beanie baby Instagram filter. She says, hey, guy, long-time listener. Hey, guys, sorry. Yeah, she addressed both of us. That's important. <laughs> uh, long-time listener, first-time emailer, parentheses, of the podcast, not first-time emailing anyone ever. Come on. Uh, <laughs> she says, I know it was a few weeks back now, but I love the episode on Beanie Babies. I learned a lot. It just occurred to me, though, have you guys done the Instagram filter that tells you which Beanie Baby you are? And if not, could you do it? I want to know your results, if you feel your results are accurate, and why... And she gives us an instruction on how to access the filter by going to the creator's account yeah. and swiping over to her, uh, filters. Thanks, Paige. Yes. Um, well, I mean, I, I was pretty excited by this because I assumed to fi- figure out what kind of beanie baby you were, you'd need to send in some sort of like a, like a saliva sample, sort of like a 23andMe kind of thing yes. that they would send back to you. But I uh, know you were about to do that right now. No, yeah? I do. Well, the thing is, I have it up on my phone. Yeah, I, I'll try to do the filter. I looked it up earlier, and I was thinking, I was trying to think of a good way that we can figure this out because I feel like we could easily we could see which beanie baby we are, and maybe maybe our guest Sandra, that's you, could uh, maybe see which one of those beanie babies is worth more. You know, and we'll kind of see which. Uh, which well, one more valuable beanie baby. Do you have access to that kind of technology? Got it. <clears throat> well, I need um, to get my laptop. All right, are we all going to do this at one yeah. time? Let's do it. You ready to receive our beanie baby information? Yeah. All right, so I see a delightful little TY tag above me. Three, two, one. All right, I'm seeing myself. Any different ones? Oh, and I get a monkey of some kind. A monkey of some kind, and I got a colorful uh, worm. A colorful worm, who I assume's name might be Michael the Worm. Although this is kind of hard because I thought we could look up the value of these Beanie Babies, um, but I guess if we don't know the names of the Beanie Babies, all we can know is what type we are. Well, you know, if that wasn't that entertaining for the listeners, I'm, it answered Paige's question, and that's what yeah. she deserved. And that is as a listener is. and a friend and a and an artist. Um, and uh, actually, uh, I um, I just did like a general search: monkey, huh? beanie, baby, cost. <laughs> okay, what are we talking guess, here? Guess how much? This one's Andrew's beanie baby. I have yeah. no, I'm going to say eight bucks. I don't know what Beanie Babies. Got it. I'm going to say something like 80 cents. I'm going to think less than a dollar. Okay. So uh, the article that I see right here, it says, why Beanie Baby none of the monkey is worth $4,000. Oh, what? <laughs> you guys are way off. Hold on. 
I got the colorful worm. I must be worth a hundred million dollars. <laughs> I could I couldn't find your I maybe uh, his name is Squirmy the Worm. Maybe? I think so. Yeah. What's what's Squirmy the Worms? Give me the. I must be more than four thousand. I'm a colorful worm. So I see somebody sold it. Okay. One thousand one ninety nine. Oh, damn. That's not too bad. I had wow. no idea. I thought the bottom dropped out of the old Beanie Baby market. Man, I guess there's still people uh, buying our buying our. Well, I think that's proof cells. that I am more valuable than you are, <laughs> Seth. And I can't. Uh, I can't think of a more complete way to prove that. I guess. Um, <laughs> Well, I feel uh, a sudden wave of sadness slowly filling my body, but <laughs> it's okay. You know, my value is worth something. I'm squirmy, the wormy, and uh, I'm not going to let the nanas of the world drag yeah. me down to their level, which is higher than my level. But anyway, um, well, thank you, Paige, for the email. Yeah. Really cool. Interactive yeah. um, email experience. And uh, yeah, thanks for writing in and... Um, yeah, uh, Paige is a, a friend and I believe will be on the podcast someday. I don't, I don't want to make wow. any promises. Oh, now that she's told you you're Nana the Beanie, the beanie Baby, she gets on yeah. the show. Um, well, you too out there, humble. Well, not humble listener, but I mean, I don't mean to call you humble. Anyway, listener, uh, you too can email us if you ever want to send us an email at yonopod, Y-O-N-O-P-O-D, uh, at Gmail. You can send us questions like that as Paige did and, uh, or send us other stuff too. I don't know. Like what's, what, what are you doing for your birthday? Are we like involved in that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Can we uh, come, I guess? Speaking of Instagram, you can always follow us at you're not going to like this pod or Twitter at Yonopod, Y-O-N-O-P-O-D as, as we love to spell it out at, yeah. uh, on Twitter. And uh, wow, we, I mean, we love the voice, the the emails. I we love a voicemail too. If you have either Seth sure. or I's personal phone number, leave us a voicemail, and um, that'd be great. I'd really would be a great that. time. Um, uh, email Sandra. I'll give her full details now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Um, uh, what are well, what are thanks you? for having me, guys. Well, yeah, well, thanks for coming on the old pod. <laughs> Our third guest of all time, and I would say this was maybe the wildest episode we ever had. And you, uh, you don't use that adjective. Wild right hogs. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, wild hogs, wild pod. They say. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do they? <laughs> that was in the podcasting manual that was printed right. in the late seventies. That yeah. is now mostly out of date. But it was. It was not a super helpful manual. It just opened up. It like said that. wild hogs, wild pods, and that's yeah. The, well, it was yeah. the whole thing about how you had to record on like magnetic tape. Oh yeah, and uh, it was all kind of backwards. But um, uh, yeah, thanks for doing the podcast, and and what a wild time this was, and uh, wild hogs, wild pod. Yeah, that is our <laughs> that is our slogan here. Even when we have a guest, we can't help but just absolutely decompose at the end of this and just start to just start to fall apart. All right, Seth, you take you take it. From here. <laughs> no, I'm saying both of us. I don't know what to say either. Well, it's been it's been great seeing you guys again, and we really, Sandra, thank you for hanging out and thank you for helping me put this stuff together because I really was I just like found one. All I had was like a guy hiccuped a lot, and then I was able to get the rest thanks to your help. So. Thank you. Sure. And uh, we'll do it again in two weeks, though. Yeah, that'll be great. 
Um, cool. And thank you to everyone out there listening. And I hope you're having a great time. And uh, we're going to see you guys again in, in one week. We'll see you next Monday, everyone. So I've been talked to you. Yeah. Dang it. I should have just let it be at that. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we will see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Okay. Yeah. So far, they've been loading fine. So hopefully, this last yeah. one will work well too. All right. You guys, ready for this? On three. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to count down from three. <laughs> oh, oh no. I was... <laughs> Me too. When I feel incomplete, you should finish. You're willing to. You're willing to start an on three, but you don't have the courage to finish it.